And so what they say, okay. now this isn't a polar bear because polar bears will hunt you and eat you. Right. It's not polar bears. But like the when you're in Yosemite National Park, if a bear charges you, stand up and pretend you're not afraid even though you are terrified because it's a bear. But you stand up and you pretend that they're not attacking you. And most of the time, it's just to scare you and they'll turn around run away. But what they say is never run from a bear. Getting back to the point, when you're looking at your spouse, what looks like an attack is a fake charge. They're not really attacking you. They're sharing with you what's going on. And if you receive that as something that is, okay, we're trying to connect here and focus on that and focus on their emotions. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. Welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Brian Harvey here with my amazing, beautiful, wonderful wife, Jen. Who is blushing intensely right now, but thank you, Brian. So happy to be here. We are excited to be uh, sharing this with you. And we're talking today about listening, and we've done this a lot. This is one of the uh, popular, it's one of the popular topics in our conferences and seminars is listening but I want to take it from a little bit um, different tack this time, sweetheart, because we talk oftentimes, um, we talk about speaking in a way your spouse wants to listen to you and listening in a way your spouse wants to speak to you. And that is simple and sounds good. But listening in a way your spouse wants to speak to you is hard, especially when they're saying stuff you don't want to hear. Yeah, it's a really difficult uh, thing to do. And of, of course, it's a marriage podcast. We're talking about this for spouses. But, you know, I, I think if you're having a hard conversation with your boss, you're having a hard conversation with a close friend or a family member, you know, a, a neighbor, it, it, it can be really difficult. And I think some of this comes down to your listening more so to respond and you're listening more so not to listen, but you're maybe caught off guard because you're not hearing things that you want to hear. So you're, you're surprised or you're offended or it's upsetting and it distracts from listening to what the individual is saying and in listening to what the individual is communicating. Absolutely. And these conversations are going to have a greater impact on your marriage than a lot of the other conversations you have. I mean, if you're just talking about your favorite song that just came on the radio or this memory you have from this song that came on the radio, that's not going to have the same impact as one of these tough conversations where you're dealing with an issue in your relationship. And if you don't navigate this conversation well, it can have a significant negative impact on your relationship. Nothing that's insurmountable, nothing that you can't recover from, but these conversations have longer, greater, more significant impact than many others. And how you listen to them, how you listen to your spouse when you're dealing with a tough thing is going to determine how successful the conversation ends up being. Yes. And the important thing to remember is that your goal in a marriage is to grow closer to each other 
And I think that can be hard, especially when you're hearing unpleasant news, unpleasant information. Um, even if you feel like you're being attacked, of course, your spouse should not attack you. But how are you going to respond to that in a loving, godly way to grow closer? And of course, to grow closer requires that you're understanding where your spouse is coming from, what they're saying, why they're saying it, you know, even seeing through some of the frustration or or unkindness in how things are being expressed so that you can understand uh, what that is. And to do that, it's important to be very humble about it because it's not just about you. Absolutely. And in light of that, remember the goals being closer and you're trying to understand that also means you can't try to control how they communicate. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for how you listen. You're responsible for how you talk. And we talk a lot about um, talking in a way your spouse wants to listen to you. This one, we're talking about listening. You're responsible for what you do and you have to do the loving thing even if your spouse is doing something that you feel is unloving. You don't get to tell them, okay, now fix this. You've got to respond in a way that is loving no matter what's going on there. You're not going to have a thriving marriage or build closeness if you're trying to fix your spouse. That doesn't mean you don't have conversations if your spouse has hurt you, if your spouse has done something. That's what these conversations are about. That's right. But you've got to listen to them and not try to fix how they're talking to you in this moment. And you are responsible for managing your emotions. Very true. You've got to look at this and when you're feeling some sort of way during the conversation, what your spouse said is not why you're feeling that way. You're responding emotionally to a stimulus, but you have 100% control of what you do with that emotion. Okay, Something that was said may have hurt your feelings, may have been uncomfortable. And that's true. And you can have that conversation when it's your turn to talk, but you cannot let that emotion be expressed in a way that's unhealthy. You need to manage that for you so you can build closeness in your relationship. And you also need to remind yourself of the love that you and your spouse share and Think about a positive aspect of your relationship. And yes, that can be hard in the moment, especially if, if you're discussing unpleasant things or if you're having your spouse uh, maybe approach you in a way that uh, you'd prefer that not to be. But you have to understand and, and remind yourself that you and your spouse love each other and think of positive aspects of your spouse as, as well as those positive aspects of your relationship. And some of it, too, in, in a positive response is focus on that physicality of the experience that, that you're having, because a lot of times when we get, you know, angry or we're surprised, you know, we're, we're going to be start to get amped up and uh, we need to kind of slow things down and, and diffuse that negative emotion, slowing our breathing, trying to consciously re relax our, our muscles any tension in our bodies, we need to see what we can do to eliminate. 
And of course, if your spouse notices, you know, kind of kind of what you're you're doing, because I think that could be distracting to a spouse, explain that you're focusing on being more present and listening to them. And that might be an exercise for you two to be able to do together to just de-escalate that kind of a situation. Uh, you want to be focusing on your spouse's feelings rather than your own feelings, too. Absolutely. Yeah. These are all ways to how do you respond when you're feeling those feeling that sort of way. It's like, okay, how do we manage that emotion? You know, reminding ourselves, like Jen said, reminding ourselves of the positive aspects, controlling the physicality of that, but also focus on your spouse's feelings rather than your feelings. These are ways to help deal with that defensiveness. Your spouse is communicating something and they're feeling a sort of way about it. In an effort to grow closer they're sharing with you what's going on. They're sharing with you the facts of an event or their experience of an event and their feelings of an event. If you focus on your emotions and how they're talking to you, you're going to put up defensive barriers and you're not going to be able to hear truly what your spouse is saying. But if you focus on their feelings, hey, how how are they feeling? What are they saying? What, how are they expressing their emotions? What emotions are they sharing with you right now? That's going to help you get out of your defensive emotions and be more open to receiving what they're giving you and building that closeness. You're going to get your turn to express your feelings and needs later. We're not saying you should repress those or not share those, but you've got to be kind and loving in this moment. And when it's your turn to listen, listen and focus on your spouse. And then when it's your turn to share, their responsibility is to listen and focus on you. And also you you can't sit, take what's being said to you personally and as, as hard as that can be, but you have to separate that just as far as that kind of an emotion would be concerned. It's like, I'm just going to focus on what my spouse is is saying here. I'm not going to take this personally. I'm just going to tune in to what's being said here and what's being communicated in this conversation. Because of course, this is about how your spouse is feeling. It's not about how you're feeling in response to that. And of course, you can communicate that kind of a thing a bit later on, but in that listening that you're supposed to be doing, you need to make sure that you're listening and not turning it around and making it about you or focusing in on yourself because that puts up a barrier to listening to your spouse. Well, and what what's my favorite thing? Presuming goodwill, right? That's right. <laughs> so Ryan is the king of presuming goodwill. Well, I'm not so sure I'm actually the king of that because that would say that I'm really good at it. I oh, work really hard okay. at being good at it, All right. but I can't say that I'm always perfect at it. But in these conversations, when you're feeling attacked, that you start with, okay, I know my spouse is not intending to attack me. Mm-hmm. I feel this way. The stimulus in my limbic system is processing in this way. But when it gets to the executive functioning of your brain. I know I'm being so nerdy. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm just a big nerd. But when it gets to that point in your brain, you are choosing to say, while I feel attacked, I know this isn't an attack. And that can be really hard. I'm thinking right now, Jen's going to laugh at me. And I was watching a video and it was talking about responding to bear attacks. Oh, And boy. this was from the National Wildlife Service, whatever. 
But when you're in Yosemite, and a, most bear attacks are actually fake attacks. They're fake charges. And so what they say, okay. now this isn't a polar bear because polar bears will hunt you and eat you. Right. It's not polar bears. But like the when you're in Yosemite National Park, if a bear charges you, stand up and pretend you're not afraid, even though you are terrified because it's a bear. But you stand up and you pretend that they're not attacking you. And most of the time, it's just to scare you and they'll turn around run away. But what they say is never run from a bear because then that prey instinct, that hunter instinct takes on. Now you look like prey and now they're going to chase you. But if you stand up to it, so getting back to the point, when you're looking at your spouse, what looks like an attack is a fake charge. They're not really attacking you. They're sharing with you what's going on. And if you receive that as something that is, okay, we're trying to connect here and focus on that and focus on their emotions, that's going to get through this in a better way. It's not a personal affront to you, even though it may be talking about an action or that you've taken or an idea or something you've seen. And so what they say, okay. now this isn't a polar bear because polar bears will hunt you and eat you. Right. It's not polar bears. But like the when you're in Yosemite National Park, if a bear charges you, stand up and pretend you're not afraid even though you are terrified because it's a bear but you stand up and you pretend that they're not attacking you and most of the time it's just to scare you and they'll turn around run away but what they say is never run from a bear because then that prey instinct that hunter instinct takes on now you look like prey and now they're going to chase you but if you stand up to it so getting back to the point when you're looking at your spouse what looks like an attack is a fake charge they're not really attacking you. They're sharing with you what's going on. And if you receive that as something that is, okay, we're trying to connect here and focus on that and focus on their emotions. It puts things in for doom and destruction in, in the marriage and in the, the relationship because you, you want to work towards, again, resolving uh, the situation, growing closer to each other and seeing what you can do to come to a positive resolution. Yeah. And so during this unplugging time, everything we talked about earlier about managing emotions, this is just doing those same skills, applying those same skills in a less intense situation. So taking a moment to unplug, you can say, okay, I'm feeling this way. Emotions aren't good or bad. They just aren't. So I'm going to not respond in a way that's negative. You can think about instead of rolling in your head all of the negative things and well, he said this to me and she said that to me and well, all those other times that they've done this or they've done that and creating that negative feedback loop. No, this is the time to, okay, whew, I can take a break. I'm going to slow my breathing, relax, go for a walk is a good way because that's going to get your blood flowing and get some of the cortisol moving through your system and out so that you can calm down. This is a good time to think about, yeah, I'm really angry at what they said, but they are such an amazing spouse. Oh my gosh, how much I love them. And thinking about all the fantastic things about them, this is the time to do that. And it's easier because the intensity of the situation has died down. And so then when you plug back in, you've relieved a lot of that excess cortisol and all that stuff, the fight or flight 
um, response that your body has been having due to this negative stimulus that you've experienced. Yeah, and that and that's just such an important thing to just diffuse the situation. And your your spouse would have been doing that too during that unplugging time, so you can come and talk together in a less heightened emotional state and uh, have that conversation in a constructive way. Yeah. I think also the unplugging time. The only person you're talking to at that point is Jesus. Right. This is not the time to pick up the phone and call a friend. Even if you're thinking, oh, we're not going to talk about this. We're going to talk about fantasy football or talk about the latest design show or the latest thing. going. No, because all of that is a distraction. You're not actually dealing with your emotions. You're just doing that. You certainly don't want to gossip about your spouse when you're unplugging. That's right. But you also don't want to, oh, let's just talk about these other things because now what you're doing is ignoring and basically self-medicating mm-hmm. rather than addressing the feelings that you're experiencing. That's true. And you're saying self-medicating, but it's the, you know, that that's not the time for you to be, you know, rolling into doing things to forget or to, yeah. to not manage uh, the emotions. You know, so that, let's just be blunt about this. Yeah. This isn't the time to go get a drink. This right. is not time to fix your favorite cocktail or get a beer or whatever it or is. Or feel bad for yourself. Yeah, you know, this, this is you're, you're to use this uh, kind of unplugging time in a constructive way so that you're better ready to uh, love and listen to your spouse and have a pr- productive, constructive, positive dialogue uh, when you both come back together, it's it's not about uh, delaying and again self medicating and I- ignoring the problem. Uh, it's it's about using the time wisely to be able to manage uh, yourself well. So when you come back together, you're you're able to have that uh, productive conversation. Yeah, because these tough these tough conversations are actually good for your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you never have tough conversations that's a sign of an unhealthy marriage that is not thriving mm-hmm. because one of you is either oppressing your spouse where they you've dominated them so much they can't say anything or one of you has allowed your personality to be so absorbed by the other that you're not bringing anything to the table anymore. You are an individual. God created you uniquely to be you and marriage is two people coming together as one couple to fulfill God's vision for both of you together to c- accomplish those good works he prepared in advance for you to do. You, that means you're going to disagree. That means you're going to have some uncomfortable, tough conversations, and that's healthy and good. And We want you to have them. We just want you to, during these, manage them well and listen in a way that's going to build a thriving marriage. And listening well is, an, is essential to building a thriving marriage. Listening during the tough conversations is one of the toughest things that we'll do in marriage, but it has some of the biggest impact on our marriage. Managing our emotions and remembering that the goal is to grow closer together will help you navigate these conversations in a healthy way and help you to build a healthy marriage that lasts a lifetime. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to operationthrivingmarriage.com. That's operationthrivingmarriage.com.